Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. Jessica Stevens here, your host of I Just Blank Now What? The podcast. How's it going, my friends? Hope today is an amazing day for you. It is another Now What? Wednesday, and so you know what that means. A new episode drops today. I'm so excited for this one. I know, I know, I know. I say that every single week when we have a guest episode, but it's true. I just love all of these stories so much, and I am so grateful to each and every single one of my guests who come on the show and literally pour their heart out and tell you all the things that was going on with them in their life and how they had to figure out how to move forward from there. And today is no different. I am extra grateful for today's guest. She is a dear friend of mine. And we were having a chat and I asked her if she was open to coming on the show and and sharing a very, very personal story. And she was honored and excited to do it. So she's here on the podcast with me today talking about having a hysterectomy at a very, very young age and the impact that had on her life for the better. And she is a huge advocate for women's health and wanted to share this story with all of you. So without further ado, let's get to know the lovely Joanne Martin. She is a proud Canadian with strong Jamaican roots. And for the last 18 years, she has worked as a sign language interpreter, providing communication access to the deaf and hard of hearing community at large. The bulk of her childhood was spent in a dance studio, and her passion for health and fitness today is a direct result of many, many years on the competitive dance stage. In in addition, she manages her own business in the health and wellness industry. Joanne is a daughter, sister, friend, and the best auntie ever, but don't call her mom. This fierce child-free advocate is always ready to challenge society's assumption of the role of a woman uh, is supposed to play. So without further ado, let's get to the now what. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank. Now what? Me too, friend. Me too. I've had quite a few actually. And in the moment, I never knew what I was going to do next. Of course, I had to figure it out sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own I just blank now what stories so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friends, have you ever had that I just feel so bloated now what moment? (laughs) Me too, and that's when I reach for my Greens Gut Glow Drink. Yep, I can sip my way to healthier looking skin, support my digestive system, and get an extra scoop of greens all in one bundle that helps me de-bloat. This nutritious trinity includes three of my favorite Arbonne Nutrition products, Be Well Superfood Greens, gut health, digestion, and microbiome support, and skin elixir collagen support. I drink this every day. The greens, just one scoop of this versatile vegan superfood powder, delivers a blend of 36 fruits and vegetables in each serving for a boost of greens, featuring fiber, photonutrients, along with a natural deep green color courtesy of blue-green algae derived from spirulina, chlorelia, wheatgrass, and barleygrass. 
Just one scoop provides me with the benefits of eating a full color spectrum of fruits and vegetables. Minding my gut's microbiome is a must, and this delicate balance of bacteria helps support favorable gut flora. Designed to support the benefits of a healthy diet, this plant-powered natural health product mixes easily with water, so its blend of probiotics and enzymes can work synergistically with my body to help support gastrointestinal health. Its ingredients include inulin from chicory root and 3 billion CFUs of bacillus coagulant probiotics plus enzymes that act as a digestive aid. This natural health product helps support favorable gut flora while helping to digest proteins and contains ginger, which traditionally used in herbal medicine to help relieve digestive upset. For the glow, I'm sipping my way to healthier looking skin. This acai or dragon fruit flavored vegan natural health product features antioxidant vitamin C to help in collagen formation to maximize healthy bones, cartilage, teeth, and gums, silicone and biotin to support healthy hair, skin, and nails, and a blend of sea buckthorn fruit extract, pine bark extract, and vitamin C for antioxidants. This vegan natural health product provides beneficial ingredients for my skin, hair, and nails. So head to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and use promo code ARBON10 to get 10% off your Greens Gut Glow Bundle. That's jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and promo code ARBON10 gets you 10% off. Or just click the link in the show notes and get your Greens Gut Glow Bundle all in one click. Well, hello, my gorgeous darling friend, Joanne. Hello, my gorgeous darling friend, Jessica. <laughs> you know that you're like one of my favorite people, right? Stop it. I totally. Can't. Absolutely adore you. Oh my gosh, Jess, you're just great. Just uh, I know, great. I know. And, you're, and I'm great and I have great friends just like you who are well, coming on my show to talk about all the things. I love it. The company you keep, right? I yeah, love it. exactly. Exactly. So we are going to have an awesome conversation today about some really important things like women's health and living, living life free of children. But before yeah. we do that, obviously, I just read your amazing, wonderful bio to all of our amazing listeners. But I always like guests to share something about themselves off the top that is kind of like, what do you want people to actually know about you? Oh my goodness. Oh, geez. What do I want people to know about me? Oh my gosh. You put me on the spot, Jessica. I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm extraordinarily ordinary. And, and what do you mean by that, Joanne? I feel like I've done some really cool things in my life. And I have, you know, I've, I've, I've traveled to interesting places. I've lived in Australia for half a year, which is, you know, quote unquote rare that people, I get a, a few raised eyebrows about that stuff. And, but I'm just, I'm just out here. I'm just out here, you know, doing the damn thing, you know, by myself. You're just being ex- extraordinary on the daily. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just spreading magic whenever I can and, you know, making sure I drink enough water and have enough sleep at night. You're being a good houseplant. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. 
Yeah. Thriving like a good house plant, lots of water, lots Thriving. of sun and a decent amount of rest. There um, you go. Okay. So let's jump in because we have a lot to talk about today, which I'm super excited about. And this all stems from a time in your life in which you were in extreme amount of pain and discomfort and problems as you were like bleeding profusely through your menstrual years. Every damn day. Yes. Yes. Which is not normal. Which we will like, let's just put it out there. That is not normal to be bleeding at that rate. You know, obviously all of us women, monthly cycles, menstruation, we, we, we live with that from, you know, some girls as young as 12, which is horrifying for me to think that little girls at the age of 12 are having their first periods. I was lucky. I was like a 17, 18 year old. Stop. I was 14. I, like I had it like one oh, time when I was younger and then it never came back for like three or four years. And I was probably like 17 when that thing actually was on a regular wow. basis. I had it. I got it my first time when I was 14 and I got it. I got it. It was just before I started grade seven. So it was um August and, and then I didn't have it in September. So I was like, Oh, I'm done. That was it. Okay. I don't know what the big deal was. And then, oh, oh, if, if I only knew what was coming down my path decades later. (laughs) Um, Yeah. All right. So let's unpack this story because you, like many other women have, I'm going to say traumatic periods. Yeah. Traumatic is, yeah, that's a good word. That's a good word, but traumatic in that traumatic, but I didn't know it at the time. Traumatic, you know, from the outside looking in, like to like to to tell my story and to think back, like, holy crap, like that was that was pretty brutal. But when you're in it, that's all you know. And so, yeah, but tra- traumatic is uh, yeah, definitely it definitely left left a mark. <laughs> okay. Say. So yeah, take no us back. Intended. Take us back to like your your twenties and thirties leading up to the monumental moment where you like decided, yeah, man, I'm having a hysterectomy. Let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. So my periods in, you know, in the early stages were pretty standard, I I guess. And I mean, everybody's unique. And I mean, I'm only talking about my experience, obviously, but I was a competitive dancer and, you know, in those years, like the late teen years, like that's when it was like, you know, hardcore dancing almost every day and the competitions and the training and all the thing. And so that is to say that I wasn't leading a sedentary lifestyle, which some would assume might lead to, oh, that's why your your periods were so painful. That's why they were so off the charts. And but no, I was I was very active. I was, you know, I was eating a balanced diet and the whole thing. Twenties now, twenties is when I started, like they started and then they wouldn't stop (laughs) the period. So I was like, okay, I know how to count to seven and we're not, we're not done here. And so, but my doctor made the decision to go on birth control as a means to control, regulate, and just get the, just get the timing under control. So I could, you know, not predict, but be better prepared. And that worked for a full, like 15 years, like good to go. I could, 
like almost to the hour, Jessica, I knew when my period was coming to the hour of the day. It was beautiful because you're planning and you've got your, you've got all your your supplies, you've got your painkillers, I'm heating up the heating pad because I know, and, and it was just, just having the knowledge and being prepared, right? And for some reason, I guess I'm going to say mid-30s, 30, 34, 35, that all went out the window. And all the planning and predicting and the being prepared is just, what do you mean? Wait, what's happening? And, and I'm talking about, I'm talking about the length. I'm talking about the, the flow, the pain, the length of the pain. Like, it's not just, oh, like your first two days of your period are pretty tough. No, the whole thing, I'm in the fetal position. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was like, I, it just got to the point where I like mentally, emotionally free. I mean, physically aside, I could not go on living the way I was because it was so intrusive. So what was, what was the doctor's plan? Like, okay, great. Birth control was the first fix. Now the birth control yes. isn't really controlling or managing anything anymore what what was their a what what did they say was the cause and b what was their solution well the cause was after some x-rays and ultrasounds and biopsies all the fun things that you get to do when you're living by yourself on the west coast by the way that's when all this was happening my uterus it was kind of the trifecta so the typical and the quote unquote, because I'm, I guess I'm average size, average height. I'm, I think like five, five. And so within variation, the typical uterus I've been told is the shape of your fist or the shape and size of your own fist. Mm -hmm. And it should be spherical, like a grapefruit. So, I mean, not, I mean, grapefruits range in size, but generally speaking. So if you put your fist just below your belly button, there's your uterus you know, so to speak, my uterus had to be special. So it was misshapen in that it wasn't round. It was more oblong, like, like a football, right? So stretch that grapefruit out. So now you've got a football. Now, if you're envisioning a football, you know, with the laces going in front and like the pointy ends, like on the left and right side, Turn that so that the points are facing front to back. So belly button to spine. Belly button to spine. So when like when the quarterback is throwing that football, that's the that's the direction that we're talking. And so when you talk about pain and pressure and cramping, that is my uterus pressing against my abdomen and pressing against my spine. Weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks every month. The third layer of magic with my uterus is that it was covered in fibroids. And so it was the fibroids that were contributing to the extra bleeding. So the bleeding in between the bleedings, we have the menstrual bleeding, which was actually running its course for for the proper amount of time, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know. But then the other bleeding all the other days 
that were the, the fibroids just, they're just bursting. And then another one would grow and then that one would burst and another one would grow and that one would burst and on and on and on. So, yeah. Okay. So I am also a fibroid survivor. Mm-hmm. Mine was the size of a grapefruit. So I didn't have a lot of little ones like you did that were exploding. Mine was actually the same size as my uterus. Yeah. And, but I did not realize that they could explode and just continue and, and bleed and bleed out. Oh yeah. And that's why in an effort to just tolerate it and, and still just get through life. I mean, I would just never leave the house without a pad on. And, and even though during my regular periods, I, I mean, I, I would wear tampons, but never without the backup pad. And so when my period was done, I could lose the, the tampons, but the ta- but I could lose the tampons, but the pads always stayed. That was just that standard of living for you. Brush your teeth, wash your face, put a pad on. Like it wasn't even, I, I mean, I had pads stocked in my bathroom the same way you have milk and bread and eggs in your fridge all the time, just all the time, because I could not be without it because I would be at the gym and I, you could feel it. You could feel, oh, okay, that's one. Well, I've got the pad on, so I'll just, you know, finish this set because yeah. That's a lot of bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like 30, this is like 34, 35. This all starts and -hmm. your fibroids start exploding. Mm -hmm. For lack of a better term. For lack of a better term. What what was the plan? The plan was, I want to get this thing out of me, this thing called the uterus. And I, I thought enough about it for myself saying, okay, like this, like, you know, these periods are killing me and they're, they're just restricting me from just, you know, all the, the leisures of just the comforts of everyday life, everyday life, everyday life. Right. And what I didn't have to think about, and it's kind of, you know, a blessing for me where I know I recognize and I reconcile that it's definitely not a blessing for all women. So again, I just want to make sure that I, I, I realize that I'm only speaking from my experience, but having children was not even a question for me. And so the fact that I wanted a hysterectomy did not even call into question, oh, but what about the kids? Because I've never wanted kids. So it was such an easy it was such an easy decision and granted it's a big decision. It's a big surgery, it's major surgery, but mm-hmm. the decision to the decision of just knowing that I wanted it was like, Oh, if I can get this removed, then I'll be okay. So remove it. And all of the other side effects of, but, 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 but like that, that didn't apply to me because the, but kids was not, was never even questioned. Like I'm good. I'm good. Yes. So that is, I guess, a blessing for you that you were already very confident in your lifestyle choice of wanting to be child-free. Definitely. How old were you when you knew that you didn't want to be a mom? That was earlier. I think it was like a, (laughs) I think I came to that realization when all of my other girlfriends started getting pregnant. And it's kind of interesting that I just 
like the envy and the I can't wait till it's my turn just was they never entered my mind because I just saw all the opposite. I saw the pain. I saw the swelling. I heard the screeching screams of the baby in the nursery. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. No, that's not for me. That's not for me. That's not for me. Yeah. So it was in and around that time, that time where society says that you should start thinking about it, that mm-hmm. time where it says, oh, well, you know, you're at that age. So, so what, like just, that, that, let's just add that to the to-do list, you know, pick up the dry cleaning, tape a car in and then create a life. Right. Cause you're at that age that never, yeah, that that's when the realization came for me. Like, I, I don't want, I don't want to do that. And I think too, I mean, God bless my mother. She was a, an operating room nurse for, you know, ever. And she wasn't shy about coming home and telling us stories, you know, while, while we're getting our, our like dance leader charts on, oh, well, so-and-so, I remember when I was in training and -and so-and-so took her own baby out. And I was just like, please stop telling me these stories. Please stop. (laughs) Like there was no filter with the medical stories of like the 1950s and 60s. And so that definitely tarnished my, my, my want or need or desire. Cause like, I was like, Oh, I, I don't want any of that. Nope. She kind of put like the fear of God in you of like, Joanne, if you go and get yourself pregnant, this is what's going to happen. So you're like, well, that's not happening. God, just, and just so nonchalant about it too. Oh, but that's just what happened in those days. Well, those days are gone and you keep, don't ever look for those days over here. It's not, it's not happening with me. Yeah. Okay. So I you actually, were, you were very confident even before all of this happened that you didn't want to have kids. So that didn't factor into your decision. What were some things that actually did factor into, should I, or should I do this? Like, obviously, you know, medically, this is a major surgery, so it should not be like just taken lightly. Was there any concerns about having a hysterectomy that young? I guess my biggest concern was just the recovery process and what that meant for, you know, this, this major organ has been removed. And so what happens to your body as a result of that missing? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that those were just, I mean, those were, I guess, frequently asked questions that I discussed with my doctor, like, what can I expect? What you know, in the months and weeks afterwards, what can I expect? And it's interesting to note that I did actually have bleeding afterwards that I, I mean, that I'd been warned of, you know, there might be some spotting afterwards. I'm like, okay, but I didn't want to be triggered into, oh my God, like it didn't take, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the universe is gone, right? It's actually gone. Like you took all of it out. They didn't, like another one can't grow back or anything like that. But, but yeah, like there was like residual blood left over that had to be expelled. And so just, you know, managing that and saying, okay, like, let's see if, if this month is the one. And I think it was about two months until everything was like, okay, okay, we're good. Okay. We're good. And then I'm assuming but, when they went in there to take out your uterus, they took out all the other fibroids too, right? Like they just kind of cleaned up the correct. whole space can caboodle what they didn't take out though i had what's called a partial hist in that they left my cervix and they left my ovaries and that was because of my age i was 38 at the time and my doctor didn't want me going into early menopause 
because your ovaries is where all the hormones are and where all the things happen and PMS. And I still get PMS, guys. It's all, it's still fun. Yes. So that was to that was to deter early early menopause and um, you know not having to go on hormone therapy and this that, and the other. So I still do have my my cervix and my ovaries, which are you know checked during the yearly paps and that type of thing. But just the uterus, the main the main, main house. The oven oven is gone. Expelled. Yes. Okay. So let's just talk about like your life, like leading up to actually having the surgery. Like what was, what was going on? What, how was, what was life like? And then getting this news that you were a candidate for this partial hysterectomy, like what, like, Oh my gosh. Well, it was, I'll say, okay. So I had the surgery. I had the surgery in September and were you on like a waiting list? Do like did you have to wait to have the surgery? Because I know right now there is a long waiting list for this oh, surgery. I can't imagine what the waiting list is now. I mean, we're going back. I mean, it's 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 gonna be nine years them this September that I had it. So I I had the consultation that said, yes, I'm having a hysterectomy in June, scheduled for September. So it was only, it was a couple months for me, but what was interesting at that time was I was, I was working in a school at the time. And so we were getting ready for the last, the last month of school before the holidays. And then Canada day, July 1st, I was um, flying out to the UK to tour the UK, visit friends and the whole thing for a month. And so I'm at this consultation with my, with my doctor and we're like, okay, yes, hysterectomy. And I have a funny story about that too, about my surgery, but I'll get back to that. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm like bleeding, like nonstop, like it's, and I'm like about to sit on a plane and cross the pond and do all the things. And so my surgeon actually prescribed me these massive horse pills that were blood clotters, like blood, like to thicken the blood, to slow the flow that. I was prescribed to take while I was at because he said, you, know, you can't be losing all this blood and you're going to be away and the whole thing. And, uh, and yeah. And so I was prescribed this medication. And for the month that I was gone, I left on July 1st. I came back home on the 29th of July. So call it a proper month. And of that month, there was one day, one single solitary day where I was about to get into the shower at the end of the day and my pad was clean. One day out of 29. (laughs) I can't even fathom that, Joe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like it wasn't even a question. I mean, I think that was the first thing I packed were packs in the suitcase, in the carry on all sides. Yeah. It wasn't even a question because I couldn't, I mean, and th- like that's what you need to do. And that's what women need to do. They figure out a way be like, if I, I need to enjoy myself on this trip, I need to be able to, you know, have dinner and do all the things. So I need this, this has to be done. This has to be done. I, I, I couldn't sacrifice my, like my own enjoyment for travel and my love to, you know, for my own life. I couldn't sacrifice living my own life for this thing. Couldn't do it. So you make a way, you figure it out. And then the countdown was on. You're like, get like countdown. Like I'm sure there was a calendar, like Xing out the days. I skipped to my car. Okay. Listen, I was in the doctor's office and we had the talk 
about the kids. It was all very, you know, ominous. And I was sitting across from him and he said, you know, I think you're a good candidate for a hysterectomy, but, and, and I was like, yep, <laughs> I just come up. Yep. Okay. He's like, well, you've got to talk about kids, Joanne. Well, and I said, but I don't want kids. He said, oh, well, you just made my life a lot easier. I said, well, thank you, Mr. Straight, able-bodied white man, doctor. I'm so happy I was able to make your life easier for you. Purpose is to make my life easier for me. So like, let's take this sucker out. Like, let's get to it. Exactly. And so I was very, I was very appreciative that A, that he heard me and B, he didn't, he didn't try to talk me out of it. Like it was actually his suggestion, which is not the case for a lot of people. And I, I mean, I'm in a couple of child-free groups and where these conversations come up about sterilization and hysterectomy and so on and so forth. And the hoops that some women have to go through and just the criteria and the, the constant defending of their own decision to do what they want with their own body. It just boggles my mind because that was just not my experience at all. He, he made the suggestion. He heard me. We had the kid talk, he believed me, and done. I went from his office, I was parked on, I didn't park in the parking lot because I had to pay for parking at the hospital. No. So I parked along the street, skipped, like skipped, like skipping to my car, skipped to my car, drove straight to the liquor store, grabbed a bottle of my favorite sparkling sparkling wine, and that sparkling wine sat in the back of my fridge until six weeks post where I was off my meds and off the, you know, fully recovered. And I, and I smashed that wine in, so, in celebration at the end. Yeah. That was so like, happy. that was like the, the anti giving birth moment for you, right? Everyone's like, Lit- that was giving shower. birth was like life changing experience. You're like taking out the- my uterus the shower that was the gender reveal that was all the things it was for me I was like I don't have to deal with this anymore cheers yeah and everyone that I told everyone I mean I had to call I had to call my supervisors at work and I called my family and it wasn't my wording was not, I have to have a hysterectomy. My wording was, I get to have a hysterectomy. Again, that just lends itself to my experience and the option and the freedom and the choice to do what I wanted to do. And the fact that it was positive for me, it's not always a positive thing for a lot of women, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was, it was so freeing for me. Oh, I get emotional just thinking about it. Oh, I'm sorry, Jess. But I've been in so much discomfort for so long. And it was so much more than period cramps. And it was yeah. so much more than, oh, my back aches. Because we've, we've all gone through that. Yeah, it really did give my life, give me my life back. It did. So I was very grateful. I could, like, just, like, jump through the screen and hug you right now. <laughs> Didn't know that it was going to go there. I mean, geez, it's you know, nine years later, but yeah, no, but it's, it's, it's real. And it had that 
significant, significant, significant impact on the quality of your life? Profound, profound. I mean, I, yeah, I can't, I, I can't stress it enough. Like, I, I don't know. I, I try, like, I don't even know where I would be medically if, if I didn't have this, if I didn't have this surgery done. I have, I have no idea. I mean, God, I could have like purchased stocks and always pads. Like I could have been the brand ambassador because I was going through those things like crazy. But, but also, I mean, if anybody, if anybody experiences anemia, and what that does to your energy and, you know, brain fog and mood when you're just so sluggish and dragging your butt through the day, it's very taxing. And I was, I was losing blood. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I was just losing too much blood. And I mean, I, I couldn't, I couldn't work out the way I wanted to. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do all the things that, you know, I, I couldn't get through my to-do list. Like, oh, I want to go here, here, and here. But no, I got to go home and I got to like lay on the couch because I'm tired and I need to find something to eat to give me the energy to do this, that, and the other, where it's, you know, if you just had your own B vitamins and your own hemoglobin in your own body, you'd be able to do these and people don't realize. Yeah. Like huge, huge impact. Um, mm-hmm. what were, what were some tricks that you ha- or hacks that you had to do on the daily just to, to survive a full day of living your life when you were bleeding that much? Oh gosh. Well, I mean, pads and tampons. All yeah. That, that was a given. Yeah. That was a given and staying hydrated was a big one for me and always with the snacks always, always with the snacks. I always, I needed something sweet. I needed, oh, what was I eating? Like I, a lot of iron rich foods that I always had on hand, just, just to, just to keep me going. Were you on iron? Were you on iron supplements? I was taking iron supplements for a little while. Yeah. Because I thought I was anemic when it wasn't the case because once all this, you know, leveled out, I was like, Oh, okay. It's like, I had my levels tested again and I was, you know, back up to normal, but I was running a little bit low. So I was taking iron a little bit. Yeah. And then, and then blood, blood pressure. Where, where did, where did you fall on the blood pressure scale? I, oddly enough, my blood pressure didn't drop too, too far. And I think I can only attribute, attribute that to the fact that I was, I was physically active, you know, regularly. And that just comes from, you know, the, the dance background and then just transitioning to, you know, being a, a gym rat. So, but that was, it was a concern because there is hypertension in my family and I wasn't sure, you know, where that would, where that would fall. But uh, yeah, the times that it was, quote unquote low, it wasn't like dangerously low. It was just a matter of, okay, maybe you, you know, I haven't eaten today. So if that, uh, that didn't play too much for a role, but it was definitely like in the back of my mind, like my blood pressure has got to be going like bottoming out by now, because I even have like coworkers look at me and say, Joe, you look a little peaked. Right. And mm-hmm. these are, I mean, like, you know, I'm a black girl. So <laughs> when, when, when someone girl, says you're looking pale, Joe, you're like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just physically just taking inventory of, of myself and, you know, driving home and feeling my, having my fingers tingle and just, you know, praying that, you know, one stays conscious behind the wheel because we're literally in traffic going down the road right now. I was like, I just want to get home and then turn the car off safely. Let's, 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 let's focus on that right now. Mm-hmm. It is hard for me to even wrap my brain around that that is like, high on your list of daily concerns of will I get to my destination without feeling faint and passing out? Oh yeah. 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 That was, yeah. More than once, more than once. And then just knowing where, you know, like you have your typical, you know, drive home, your A to B and knowing where I could pull off, you know, knowing that the gas station is there and knowing that, you know, the McDonald's parking lot is there just in case, just in case. Yeah. But then again, again, it's your, it's your due diligence to make sure that you've got, you know, a granola bar in your glove box and break open that tangerine and chug your water and make sure that you'll grab that apple juice. It's all of those things. Like I felt like, I mean, I don't know how diabetics do it. I don't know how they do with managing the blood sugars and everything, because I was just like, I just need something in my system. I just need something in my system. Mm Hmm. Wow. So I, I fall on the lower side on blood pressure. So I, I'm like, I'm a low blood pressure girl. And when I actually went in for my, my myomectomy, which is, was taken out my grapefruit sized fibroid. That's when I really learned that I, you know, I run low on the pressure side and I apparently was in the recovery room equally as long as the surgical suite because my blood pressure was so low that they were really, really concerned because I was like, they're like, is she alive? So then like eventually didn't come up, but like even right now, and I'd say this is like in the last, you know, five, five, six years, especially since I had my surgery, like on my monthly cycles, like my blood pressure, like bottoms out Mm -hmm. and I get really dizzy and woozy and I'm very tired and like old freezing cold in yeah. uh in like during during the, the humidex outside freezing cold yeah yeah so like I know that feeling when I'm on like day one and two of my period of like just the low energy low blood pressure needing to eat all the salt that I can right like all that stuff and that was you like on the daily on the daily yeah and then, I mean it was just it was on the daily it was just like the the, the low grade hum of discomfort and then on the after period days it was like through the roof and and I mean and that was again like that's when I was younger it's just like well I guess this is just the way my periods are and but you know not knowing that my uterus was enlarged misshapen and covered in fibroids and just having that pressure specifically on my back I definitely had the cramping. I definitely, I definitely had cramps in, in my abdomen, but my back pain, oh my God. Like when you have that nerve that, what do they, they talk about? You know, the meridians, the meridian lines that go yeah. through your body where all the energy flows. I tell you, I could take a marker and track that line from my back down my glute, left, left glute, not the right, down my left glute, hamstring, calf, and into my big toe on my left foot every month, just fire. 
Um, and like just just there, just I mean, can't can't massage it away, can't eating patted away, can't like, I mean, my dad is giving me foot massages to help me fall asleep, all of that. But it was just deep enough that you know you couldn't access it topically. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just a perfect storm. Perfect storm. Oh my goodness. All right. Well. Let's get to let's get to the book the good part, which is post surgery. Now what? What is life like for you, Joe? Oh post, my gosh! Post hysterectomy. Now what? Oh oh my gosh! Well, I gave away all my pads and tampons to my girlfriends. It's like happy birthday. You get a tan thanks. You get a tan thanks. Um, how, how much money do you have in your like in your bank account now? Like how much, really, how much money a month were you spending? Like, are you like, like, I feel rich now that I'm not buying all this stuff. Well, I mean, I, you know what? I should have calculated. I should have really taken inventory and like had like a spreadsheet of my expenses compared to my, my savings. But I mean, it's just, it's just one less thing that you had to buy. Do you know what I mean? Just one less item and buying pads and tampons because you could never, I could never do just one or the other. So that's, you know, double duty. And what, I mean, back then, what were they like six, seven bucks? And you had to get, you know, like the extra log and the ex- all the extra like absorbent and this. And so I mean, I was spending some money. Okay. I was spending some like, you know, it's an extra, you know, like 15 bucks on, on, on your bill every week. But uh, the first thing after, I mean, and like I said, like I did have, I think there was two months of, of residual spotting after surgery. So now let's go to, that was September. So cut to November. And it was just, it literally was, you know, when people who, who suffer an amputation, they talk about that phantom pain, how you can feel your leg when it's gone. You can feel your arm is gone. True to form. I, I could feel cramping where I, my, my uterus would have been that first month. I literally say like, are these cramps? But I can't have cramps. There's nothing to cramp. And it was all psychosomatic because of the last how many years of just going through all of that and having the pain just so like exponentially worse than what it should have been. Muscle memory, right? Must literally muscle memory. And I mean, and I mean, my surgeon talked about the fact that, you know, you remove something from your body, the rest of the organs have to shift, right? Because you've got room, you know, when the roommate moves out, there's a whole other room. There's a whole other room. You're going to start spreading, taking up the space. (laughs) Right? Move stuff around. You got to rearrange. So it was, it was interesting. It was interesting just, just getting to know my, my body and my system a little bit better and, and again, and just like, I lost weight. Okay. Drop some LBs and uh, just navigating that. But it was, it was, it was definitely, it was freedom. I, I absolutely loved it. Even though it was weird at the beginning, it was weird not to, you know, grab a tampon. It was weird not to like, just take, like finding them in every purse. <laughs> like, oh, this is from the backpack and this is from my gym bag and this because they were everywhere yeah and just not not needing it it's very it was very liberating what were some of those first like oh this is this is this is new my new life kind of like moments like did you like catch yourself like accidentally like 
oh, like, because you had a plan, you were always so prepared. Did you kind of catch yourself being like, oh, I got to do, oh, no, I don't got to do that. And just do like a happy dance. Well, yeah, just things like things like counting in the calendar for when my, okay, so if I'm going to this thing, I've been invited out to this thing. Oh, am I going to be on my period? Oh, no, I'm not going to be on my period that day. So it's a free for all. And, and buying, I mean, it sounds, you know, frivolous and, and vain, but buying cute underwear, that's just, that's just cute just because. And not needing, you know, the whole industrial full coverage, you know, like man, the battleship underwear that I was used to every single day, but not cute. Absolutely not cute. So yeah, like going to go. Joe dropped some coin on some lingerie. Yeah. Yeah. Cute undies. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That was, that was fun. And not, yeah, not, not having that, that timetable of when so-and-so happened. And I mean, it, it didn't have to be, you know, a big extravagant event. It just could have been, you know, oh, I'm going out, you know, for dinner with the girls, but let's see, let's make sure I have my painkillers. Oh, but I don't need those anymore. So yeah, the, it was, the, it was a lot of unlearning. A lot unlearning. Of unlearning. Mm-hmm. What was it? What were those first like pain-free months like for you? Like, were you? I can't even describe them. Like, I don't know. I, I can't even describe it. I mean, like the best, I just felt lighter, like physically and, and like spiritually lighter, just knowing that I just didn't have to go through the, the monotony. And, and I mean, the fact that I'd gone through it for so long, like I couldn't even play the, what was me game anymore. It was just, it was just freaking annoying. And, but this, I mean, people deal with annoying things all the time, every day. So, you know, suck it up and deal. But the fact that I didn't have to suck it up and deal, it was, you know, like you could actually do this thing called life and act for the vacation and not care what day of the week it was. Do you know what I mean? Just like, it, it was a little thing, but it was a really, really, it was a really, really big thing for me. Did the amount of white clothing in your closet expand? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Pale pastels, whites, like all of those good colors. Oh my gosh. Yes. The shorts, just shorts. Oh my gosh. Shorts and, and leggings and yeah, like fitted clothing. And two, it was interesting when I talk about, you know, the weight loss that I experienced, I had no idea the inflammation that my uterus was causing in my body. And that was like, holy crap, the, the fact that it was removed. And then, and like when my body, you know, acclimated and adjusted, I was like, this is my actual size? Like, I mean, not only was I buying underwear because I wanted to buy cute underwear, but because my underwear was falling off my butts. Like, I, I mean, I like, I just, I shrunk. I really did shrink down. And that was, that was telling for me too. Like, I mean, inflammation is a, is a thing. It's a crazy thing because, you know, I would go to work with a pair of jeans on, start my period and be driving home and have to undo my pants just to sit in the car. Cause that was the swelling that would happen in just a matter of hours. So yeah, like just to have your clothes fit properly. Oh my gosh. Have your jeans fit at 
8 and at 4 p.m. What? Yeah, crazy. I love it. I love it. Okay, so for anyone who's listening who is maybe experiencing a version of what you experienced, maybe even not to the extreme, but just like painful periods or frequent or, and they are contemplating having a partial or even a full hysterectomy, depending on their age. What do you have to, sh- what do you have to say to them? Don't like run, don't walk. Yeah. I, I mean, like do, do your due diligence as far as, you know, finding, finding a surgeon who will work with you and get all your facts, you know, learn, you know, the risks and, like I said, like I was, I was out for six weeks. I was out for six weeks. Couldn't drive for the first like three, three and a half. And so you, like, you do have to get ducks in a row. It's not just you know I'm going to lay on the couch and eat bonbons. Like you do, it is, it is, a, it's a huge adjustment. That first year, you're definitely sore. You're definitely swollen. You know that first. That first bowel movement after hysterectomy, <laughs> buckle up. I remember please. mine after. I remember mine after my myomectomy. It felt like I was delivering a child. Literally, literally, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so there, there's there's a lot to consider. There's a lot to consider. But because I was in my situation, and again, you know, with like with the kids and ladies, if you if you have or if you want and there's a lot, there's, there's a lot to consider, but at face value, if you are in pain all the time or it, and it's becoming intrusive, just know that this is an option to reduce your pain. And I mean, one less painful thing in your life. I mean, the world is gone to hell in the handbasket. I mean, like we're in the upside down these days. I get it. So one less thing that can cause you physical and mental pain. Oh my gosh. Why wouldn't you don't, don't be the martyr with this. Don't suck it up because you're a woman and this is what women do. And I have to put myself last on your list. Absolutely not. Take care of you. Like be, be selfish, put yourself on the top of that to-do list and take care of your health because it is the only thing that matters honestly. Love it. Love it. Okay, Joe, where can people find you? Where do you like to hang out on the interwebs if someone wants to talk to you more about a child-free life and living, which I know you're a huge advocate for, go on, go aunties, or, you know, what life is like without a uterus? Where can people find you? Where do you like to hang out? I'm on Instagram, primarily made for more 76, 76, because that is the year that I was born. And yeah, send me a DM, ask me questions, like child-free for life, child-free versus childless. Some people use that term synonymously, but I, I see a difference. I like to recognize the difference. So I am child-free, very happy to play with all of my beautiful nieces and nephews and then send them back to their parents at the end. I know. So Auntie life is pretty good, right? Like I- rocks. I, I've, I've obviously I was in the camp of wanting to have children and then, then moved into the camp of not being able to. So, you know, embraced my child-free lifestyle and actually Mm -hmm. 
freaking loving it to be completely honest. And there is, you know, there's every now and then you're like, you see a really, really cute baby and you're like, Oh, and I'm like, but those moments are fewer and far between. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and more like and more like you when I'm around young kids or, you know, things are going on with everybody. And and I, I just kind of like, oh, thank God. I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, especially during COVID. Like when my my girlfriends were going through like the homeschooling and the like, you know, daycare from Zoom and like they were having PTSD and like whatever, I would look at the hubs on the couch and been like, thank God we do not have children because I don't know. Right. So yeah, I've now totally embraced the child-free life and uh, it's a good life. Well, welcome. Welcome. We're happy to have you. We're happy. It's a really good club to join. So I'm embracing my membership. I'm taking advantage of my whole membership doing all the things. Thank you. The gold, the platinum, all access, all access child-free. Yes. Yes, please. And just, and just releasing, did you, when you were, you know, coming to terms and, you know, starting to embrace, okay, this child-free life, this child-free thing is could be a good thing. Did you run into any, any periods of, of stigma of like, oh, but you know, like a woman's, a woman's role in life is to bear children that you run yeah. into any of that nonsense? No, because I did all the things that I could to have one. Like I went to the extreme, uh, right? Like I did okay. the surgery, I did the IVF. Like I put significant effort into having that child that just did, yes. did not materialize. So I could yes. shut that that one down real fast and like nice. been there, done that. I have the receipt, right? Nice. Like, nice. and I'm just, I'm not going back for another round of that. So I didn't, Perfect. I personally didn't get any of that because I, I went down the path and there was, you know, no yeah. more path. You get to go. pass. Yeah. Yeah. Get I, pass. I get the pass and no yeah. one, no one would ever come at me with any of that because they know what I went through to actually attempt to have a kid. And yeah. if they did, I'd been like, listen, buddy. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. No, no, no. So yeah, I am very fortunate that I don't have that, but I good, still good. get the people who, you know, give me that look of, you know, our, are you, are you sure you're, 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 you're giving up for sure now? And I'm like, oh yeah, we were like, we have moved on. We, we are embracing the, what I refer to as the amazing consolation prize. <laughs> right? And it is amazing. Yeah. No, good for you. Good for you. Because what I, what I rent, do we still have time to, yeah, we got a couple minutes. We got a couple minutes. Okay. It's just interesting for, for my experience when I was, you know, jumping for joy at the, the hysterectomy decision, what I was faced with by 99.9, the people I told was, oh, like puppy dog face, like sad eyes, like what was you type of thing. And I was, I was delivering the message with so much joy and positivity and this is what I get to do so I can live pain free and start enjoying my life. And if the immediate response back was sadness and, oh, you poor thing. And I just, it irked me to no avail that one person out of the myriad of people that knew about it, one person actually had the wherewithal to say, oh, so you're not going to have kids. And I said, no. And this, and then they said, well, but you don't want kids, do you? And then I said, no. It's like, oh, well, good for you. That was the exchange I was looking for from everybody that I got from one person, the acknowledgement that not 
every single woman wants to have kids. Not every single woman was made to, you know, feel this imaginary 1900s role that we've invented. So yeah, that acknowledgement meant a lot from that one person. The rest of them have to, you know, figure it out. Awesome. I love it. All right, Joe, thank you so much for coming and sharing and going down memory lane with me and tapping into that emotional space that you were in, like, like brought you to tears, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's real. Um, It's real. It is real and real. Thank you so much. And everybody, if this episode resonated with you, please give it a like, a share, a listen. And if you know somebody who is experiencing something similar Please, please, please share this episode with them because it could help them figure out their very own now. All right, everybody. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.